0: Hey, Jets fans! We're here uh, here today after the Jets' uh, 4-1 victory over the Vancouver Canucks, uh, bringing the record to four and three. I'm here tonight with uh, Chris, also known as guy on uh, Twitter.com, and he's actually a Canucks fan. So this is our first uh, opposing team fan that we've had on a game recap, and maybe something we'll try to do a little bit more in the future. So, uh, hey, Chris, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? I'm, I'm all right. I'm uh, pretty happy the Jets won. I'm sure you're not feeling as good as I am right now. So
1: It's all about the tank.
0: Yeah, it's all about uh, Hughes, right? That's the, the number one projected this year. <laughs> yeah, lose for Hughes. <laughs> lose for Hughes. Last year was Fallen for Dolan. So <laughs> um, So, anyways, uh, maybe we'll just talk about the Canucks in general for a minute before we actually get into the game recap. So obviously they're a very young team and people suspect they're... Allegedly tanking, so maybe just talk about them. You know how they've done so far this season for uh, people that haven't paid attention too closely to the Canucks or that.
1: Yeah. So start off the season, there was actually some optimism because Elias Pettersson was playing well. Obviously, Mike Matheson decided to go and end that. Uh, But watching the game tonight, you know, it's just it's not the same without him in the lineup. There's just. There's no entertainment value. They can't get anything going in the offensive zone. Even Brock Besser, who was fantastic last year. He uh he hasn't been he hasn't been playing the same as he was last year. I think he slowed down a bit. They asked him to bulk up over the summer and he put on some weight and I feel like he's lost a little bit of what he had last year and it might take him a little bit to get up to game speed. But other than that, there's really not a whole lot to like on this Canucks roster. A lot of
0: fourth liners. Like a lot. <laughs>
1: This makes for really boring hockey when yeah. Elias isn't out there.
0: Yeah, the, the Sadids were pretty invisible tonight. Are they still around?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too soon.
0: Yeah, too soon, silly. Um, so, yeah, so that's just a quick rundown on the Canucks there. Um, clearly, they're in uh, a rebuilding mode of sorts, which is you got to do that sometimes, especially they lost a couple of franchise greats there they were around for what sedines were around for what like 18 years or something like that yeah 99 they were drafted yeah exactly so so you kind of just adjust and move on from that i mean see see where they can go from there they got a lot of young young talent coming up i mean i believe petterson that's how you say it right yeah yeah he he had something like what was it like five or six points in the first five games i believe
1: he had eight points in eight points yeah
0: eight points in five games so that's a pretty good start and something uh promising hopefully he's back soon from the concussion so uh so anyways we'll talk talk about the game now i think i think i heard ryan join us you there ryan good evening gentlemen oh there there's ryan a little late late to the party here uh yeah, he, he said he said he watched some of the game. Um we'll see we'll see how good his takes are. I mean they're usually pretty good. So so we'll just hop right in. We are just gonna start talking about the game. So uh we'll start with the first period. I didn't catch too much of the first period, so maybe uh Chris you could kinda break it down kinda what happened in the first period a little bit.
1: Yeah, first period, let's see if I remember. I mean it kinda blocked out a lot of it. I remember <laughs> Nelson played really well. You know, last couple games actually he's been on fire pretty much the whole season and he had a good first period and then kind of went downhill a little bit from there. But I think, you know, Hellebuck actually had a good first period too. He had a good whole game, but it was, yeah, I think it was a goaltending battle first period.
0: Yeah. I think I remember uh, seeing it was the Canucks were up seven, one or eight, one in shots in the first, uh, first half of the first. And then the jets kind of turned it on a little bit and the jets actually came out of that period with a one, nothing lead on a line, a, uh, power play goal. So that was the first period kind of just a little back and forth defensive affair until uh until some back and forth uh penalties happened causing uh actually there was a Dustin bufflin shorthanded breakaway for anyone that may have missed it, missed that so that was probably very entertaining to watch. I wish I would have seen that live. <laughs> um so uh we'll fast forward now to the second period. I caught most of the second period so I'll kind of just give it a quick uh breakdown there. So Second started off uh, pretty good. Actually, the Canucks scored. Horvat had a nice, a nice burst of speed up through the neutral zone, and uh, the puck bounced off Truba's foot, back on his stick, and he shot it uh, past Hellebuck to tie the game at one. At that point, that was kind of an interesting goal to see. I mean, it was a little bit, a little bit of luck. the puck, bounced right back on his uh, stick there. So, so yeah, I mean, and then that was pretty much it for the second period and goal goals goal-scoring talk. Um, The Jets, again, I look like, according to the natural stat trick, they kind of took over the second period there, coursey wise So, dominated a little bit of the play and stuff like that. So, I think, uh, you know, Jets took out some positives and carried that over into the third, which they uh, scored the the three goals in the third there. Uh, Brian Little's second game-winning goal in a row for all you Brian Little believers. Um, So, So, Chris, what did you see from the Canucks tonight that they could probably work on a little bit, like, going out? I know you said they're tanking, but you always want to look for improvements game to game, right?
1: I think the biggest thing is, you know, I mean, try and be a little bit more creative with it. The first thing I actually saw was an article on Sportsnet saying they missed Jay Beagle, which I don't know how you get that from this game. You know, obviously, when you're only scoring one goal, doesn't really matter how many allow because you're not going to win most games with only one goal, but they really don't have a whole lot of offensive talent up front. You know, Bo Horvat, you know, he's a good offensive player. He's not great. You know, they don't really have anyone right now, at least who can carry that load offensively. Um, obviously getting back is going to help that, but you can't really rely on a 19 year old as your only source of offense. They got to find a way to get Besser going again. And, I mean, I don't really know what else you can do with this roster. There's not
0: a lot of talent there. Yeah, it's yeah. of course, like I said, they're in the rebuilding stage. How about that, uh, uh, what's his name, Gaudette? How is he yeah. looking so far this year? I know I think he won the Hobie Baker, was a finalist or something last year.
1: Yeah, he won it last year. Um, he started the year in the AHL. And I believe he had four points in four games. And he got called up when Beagle went down. Right. And he's, he's played a couple games. And he's been uh, – he hasn't, you know – been too noticeable but uh you know he plays fast which is something that this roster is kind of missing you know i don't know if he's necessarily going to stick on the roster because they do have a lot of guys who can play or are at least signed contracts that would indicate they could play yeah so he might he'll probably end up going back down when jay beagle comes back but uh you know he's he's a interesting player and obviously fun to watch yeah so hopefully yeah I'll... hopefully you can see a little bit more from him
0: yeah, obviously, some you want you want speed now in today's game, and I mean the Canucks did look fast at some points tonight, and obviously that's what's winning the championships now is that speed, right? So that's something that they could look forward for sure. to. So I'll hop over to Ryan now. What did you think of the Jets? Uh, how much of the game did you catch, and what did you think of the Jets overall tonight from uh, what you saw?
2: I had one eye on for the for the second period and watched the third period pretty closely, and what I took from it was they were making plays. They were scoring goals that were based off of skill. Again, they were making clean passes. They were using their speed and they were, they were getting a lot of chances. There was two more that could have gone in when uh little hit the post and crossbar and popped out. And then cop got robbed right in the crease just after his first goal. So the whole period was really positive for a team who's kind of struggled to find that speed and passing ability. And, uh, yeah, overall, from what I saw, it was it was great. Beating Vancouver um, makes a huge difference between losing to this team because it's <laughs> right now we're feeling good about ourselves. If we would have lost this, there'd be a lot of yelling and screaming about we'll blow it all up.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, like fire, fire Maurice or something, right at that point. But uh, one thing I did notice is Dustin Byfuglien definitely, as we had mentioned, um, will definitely stabilize the decoy, like he stepped in tonight he had a goal and two assists out there so i mean obviously he's chipping under the offense but they didn't look as much of a dumpster fire in their own zone tonight either i mean again vancouver is not exactly the most talented team up front but even playing against edmonton obviously if you subtract mcdavid edmonton's not too much but even when mcdavid wasn't on the ice the other night they were still getting walked a little bit in the offensive zone or in the defensive zone and they were kind of looking like just just shaky, right? And I mean, again, the decor for the Jets isn't all that spectacular. But Dustin Bufflin definitely needs to stay healthy, as long as well as uh, Jacob Truva and uh, Josh Morrissey to keep that uh, keep that going. And Brian Little, the Oilers Little Liney line tonight, they actually looked good. Like they looked like an actual line. They had some chemistry, and obviously, Little had the game winning goal. And he actually had the one that hit the uh, the post and the crossbar. And then he hit another post later on, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Or he had a good good one-time opportunity. Maybe I'm thinking of the same play. But, yeah. So what did you think specifically of the either's yeah, Little-Liney lineup, line Ryan?
2: I mentioned after the game against Carolina that it looked like maybe they found their feet a bit. Little seemed to be a lot more noticeable. And maybe after disappearing in the Edmonton game a bit, which I didn't watch, so I can't speak too much of that, it looks like maybe they kind of picked it up again for this game, which is very encouraging for a line that struggled for the first few games, especially number 18, who looked complete, completely lost,
0: really. Yeah, so maybe it was a matter of just getting their feet moving a little bit and getting getting the feet wet, getting up to speed. And like I think it was actually you that tweeted that just about about oh, half an hour ago, the Jets are four, four, three, and one now. Four, two, and one. Four, two, and one. And last year, they were four and three at this point. So they're on pace for 105 points right now. So that's, you know, we just won't. Uh, I'll, I'll start planning my parade route now, I guess. And we'll <laughs> well, well, last
2: year, last year, when, uh, or sorry, earlier this year, we were talking about, well, we need to start off strong like we did last year. Well, Maybe it's lost on some folks that we didn't. We got ruined in the first two games, um, started off four and three, and then lost the next two after that. So, four, three, and two after your first nine. It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. So, we have to give it some time. They do start slow, they always have. I think they'll be just fine. They're starting to find their feet, and this is a very
0: encouraging third
2: period. I know it's just Vancouver, but encouraging nonetheless.
0: Yeah, it was good to see them making plays, like you said, making some skill plays, passes and rushes at the ice and not giving up a whole lot in the D zone when Vancouver was trying to press obviously with score effects coming into play there. So um I just a topic I found kind of interesting uh tonight is obviously in the preseason line he made the comment about the Canucks banning the Fortnite and the on the road trips or whatever. I just wanna get Chris's thought on that. Like what do you think about video games in the NHL and on road trips? Uh right now or in today's game or whatever?
1: I mean, I think if you're looking at Fortnite as the reason that you're losing, maybe you should really take a look at why you're actually losing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously, if it's becoming an issue, you know, you don't want guys spending all their time playing video games, but that's the same with anything. You know, as long as they're getting their workouts in, going to practice, you know, doing what they have to do, it matters what they do in their free time. I don't care, but you know, it was a decision that the players made, so I guess I mean that's a little bit different than if the management told them like no more video games. But, you know, if the players if that's what they feel they need to do to stay close as a team, I don't really think it makes a huge difference either way, but it's definitely kind of a funny story. Yeah, it's just
0: yeah. But... Like I just found it kind of kind of odd and quirky, right? It's like to me, I mean, obviously, I, I think it was, uh, was it Horvat who did the actual interview there on TSN, whatever the number is, out in Vancouver? And he said they wanted more team dinners and stuff. Like, I guess, I mean, obviously, yeah. I don't travel with NHL teams, but I assume they just have team dinners as part of the travel schedule or something like that, right? I, I don't know if you know any better. Someone out there will correct me in the morning about this and say, yeah, like, they don't or whatever. So, to me, it was just an odd Situation, and it's kind of something that you deal with in today's game. So I'll I'll get Ryan's thoughts on this too while we're talking about it. What do you think about the video games and the NHL and that kind of culture?
2: I really wanted Line A to turn around his stick and start hacking at the ice or at the boards. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I wanted out of this game, and I didn't get it. So the The victory means nothing to me now.
0: Yeah, Line that's A. all I have to say. About this game. <laughs> oh yeah that was funny um i remember what my first thoughts on the video game video game gate or whatever the heck we want to call it now is uh, is, uh, it like player agents for top prospects are getting their guys to remove fortnite or video game posts because scouts are looking at that now and i mean obviously they look at everything that's out there so i guess you want to keep kind of a clean image like your hard work whatever whatever it may be but i remember thinking like well i guess would they rather them go out and go on like benders and stuff and stay out till two a.m. out on the towns that they're visiting? I mean, that's kind of what I thought about that. I mean, obviously it's not a huge deal either way. I mean, they do what they want in their free time, right? So that's just a whole. I guess it sounds the same. Oh, go on. It's the
1: same issue with like uh, Dougie Hamilton when in Calgary when they said always oh, always going to museums instead of going out to the bars with the boys. I mean personally, I think that's better if you're going out to a museum versus getting drunk with your team. I don't know. That seems like it's not conducive to being a top notch athlete.
2: Dougie Hamilton, you cultured swine. Yeah, <laughs> Get like loaded with us.
0: Why didn't he go yeah why didn't he go hit up the PAL instead of uh going to the Canadian Museum for Human Rights when they were at Winnipeg last year? Like what what the hell is he <laughs> thinking? Like obviously more culture at the Palomino Club. <laughs> i think some of the
2: some of the regulars at the pow are artifacts so
0: yeah see there's history there right so why didn't he go yeah. there i don't know what he obviously missed <laughs> out on that yeah. <laughs> <The> jungle <laughs> um so i guess uh we'll kind of just look forward a little bit uh, i know the canucks and the jets play again in uh middle november and i think it was january or something uh so we'll kind of look forward, to see where the teams are at that. Maybe we'll have Chris on again during that time. Maybe we'll get a full interview with him at some point. We'll see how that goes. Um, so, so, Chris, what are, you, what are you feeling for Vancouver between maybe now and middle November when we, uh, when we meet, meet the Canucks again?
1: I guess, you know, the key for the Canucks is if they're trying to win, which, I mean, who knows? They've been kind of flip-flopping on that for a while now. They like to have no expectations, but also be positive. I guess Benning doesn't want to be fired. But, I mean, Edler's been playing like 25 minutes a night. And, I mean, I love him. He's been my favorite player for basically ever. But he is not a player who should be playing that many minutes at this point in his career. He's actually been pretty pretty brutal this season, even relative to the rest of the team. And the rest of the team hasn't been very good. Even tonight he took a couple penalties. Yeah, like that
0: I'll I'll just mention that 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 cross check that he did on Perot there in the corner. That was definitely a not a very clean play. Um maybe your thoughts on that. What did you think about that one?
1: Yeah, I mean it wasn't I saw the replay and it wasn't as bad as I initially thought it was, but obviously you don't want to be cross checking anyone to the boards. You know. Perot stayed down, so hopefully he's not feeling anything from that. Yeah,
0: he did. He did come back into the game, which is obviously a good sign with all the concussion protocols and stuff. They have to, for sure have to go through today. So, I mean, just a little, probably winded a little bit there. He was in full speed and kind of lost his footing. And then, uh, Edler, uh, hit him from behind there. And, uh, that's former Manitoba Boost, uh, Alex Edler for anyone that didn't know that. <laughs> so there's a little, little tie in there. Um, and actually one thing we didn't touch on, I don't think we did. We were talking about a recording but, uh, Adam Lowry, I know uh, Chris uh, has always loved Adam Lowry before he was officially a Canucks fan or however that works. So maybe just your thoughts on Adam Lowry, just overall as a player and why you've always liked him.
1: I mean, I always thought, I mean, I was never even a huge fan. I just always saw the Jets fans on my Twitter feed, always criticizing him and calling him a terrible player. And he's always had pretty good underlying numbers. And last year, I guess, people started to finally come around on him. You know, he's obviously not a guy you want playing in your top six, but he's a third liner who can take those defensive matchups and still you know, come out on top most of the time, which is extremely valuable. If you can have guys on every line that can keep their head above water, then that goes a long way into keeping your team competitive down the stretch, especially with injuries.
0: Yeah, like, obviously, forward depth is a very, very key thing, and some people, like actually myself included, I've been thinking about this before Eiler's little nine have kind of turned it on in the last couple of games. Maybe you slot Lowry up on that second line with him and see what he could do with some offensive line mates, right? That's just something that, you know, his underlying numbers have always been pretty good. And he's proven he can bury the odd goal. And, and he's obviously an excellent forward checker and great in his defensive zone. So maybe give him some second line minutes. Obviously injuries happen. So we'll see see where that goes from there and obviously Ryan we've talked about this before Lowry and the Jets lineup and all that so I mean if you want to say something say something on that uh, go ahead uh, I, I'm
2: not gonna lie to you I haven't been paying attention I just noticed that Chris was following me on Twitter and I wasn't following
0: him back so I had to write that wrong <laughs> uh, we were just talking about Lowry and how how he's been good and uh Chris has always been a fan of Lowry <laughs> Because yeah. it covers underlying numbers. So we were just, you know, maybe if you had a thought on Lowry specifically.
2: Well, that line was good again tonight. Um, I don't know the numbers, but I feel like in the third, maybe they weren't out there as much. Which is good because I want to see Roslovic and Perot and those guys get more minutes. So they're really good at what they do. I didn't think this third period had much room for them in it because it was... It was all offense for us, right? We were in the offensive zone quite a bit. I know they are an offensive group when they want to be. Mm -hmm. But I think that's when you put Roslevic and those guys out there and give them a chance to shine. And they did pretty damn good.
0: Yeah, um, I just pulled up the minutes here. Uh, Roslevic, Perot each had 10, just a shade over about 10 and a half minutes. Levy had uh, just under nine tonight. So they did that does bump up their average slightly. Um, Perot did get a little bit of time with the second power play unit, which bumped him up. Uh, they did take Roslovic off the second unit and put Bufflin Morrissey out there, which is something, or Bufflin Myers, and kept Morrissey on power play one, which is definitely something to keep an eye on as uh, as the season progresses. And the cop Lowry and Tanev line had about 15, 15 to 16 minutes, so that's around their, their usual, you know, probably. Yeah, right around their average. They, obviously, the Jets were able to spread the ice time out a little bit more. Getting that uh, when they got that three-one lead, they were able to just roll four and let the game uh, just let the game play out as it as it did near the end there. So, so that's well, that. When, and, oh.
2: when when you have home ice advantage, you have to roll your lines. You get to choose the matchups. You get last change. Put whoever you want out there. Um, rolling the same three lines was not benefiting this team whatsoever. And again, Vancouver being a bit of a weaker team, I guess you get the chance to do that. But I like to see it more against other teams because that line did not play bad at all. And they, they need more of that to keep confidence up and build more chemistry.
0: And actually, I just, just pulled up the natural stat trick there. Uh, that line, the Parole-Lebu and uh, what's-his-name, ross line were our, our highest uh, five-on-five coursey, I believe. If I read that correctly, okay. so they did. They did play pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good tonight. Um, see, and as just... much
2: as, as much as you and I and, and some of our pals on the old Twitter give Lemieux crap, he he's played two great games. Well, sorry, maybe I shouldn't say great. He's played two
0: good games, serviceable games, fourth line yes. games, which is fine. Yeah.
2: Yeah, better than we expected, and I'll take that L, no problem. He he's been good.
0: He'd you know what? There. Yeah, like I've always said about about Lemieux, he's fine as long as he doesn't take stupid, boneheaded penalties. Like yeah. he's a fine fourth liner, and that's the only thing that I'm ever going to be worried about until he could prove that he's not that guy. I mean, he did get the ten minute misconduct at the end, but that was negligible. Which was whatever. Which was yeah. really
2: odd because he lightly pushed the Vancouver player, just kind of pushed him high chest area, and mm-hmm. the Vancouver player. Just Swans cracked him, yeah. <laughs> so you know what? If that's the worst that he's gonna do, so be it. It was just to get him out of there and not cause anything to escalate.
0: Yeah, that's that's what it was. A four-one game with whatever was under a minute remaining. So yeah, I mean that's just whatever. Uh, yeah, that 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 fourth line, Lebeau and Roslevic were uh, sixty-seven CF four CF percentage, and Perot was sixty-one uh, percent four. So obviously they were the only three over sixty tonight. So they did play really well when they were out on the ice five on five tonight. So that's kind of what the eye test said and what the, the stats back it up, right. The underlying stats are there for that. And just in a quick, quick search. So, um, we'll just kind of wrap this up now. If, uh, either of you have anything to add now would be the time, you know, maybe some other thoughts that you had or other things you had brewing throughout the game. Chirp, 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 chirp. We got, we got crickets <laughs> all around there. Okay. So, uh, so that'll wrap it up. Um, uh Chris, thanks for joining us uh We'll get you on again at some other point throughout the year, I'm sure and future dates
1: thank you yeah, for having me no problem
0: and uh Ryan, thanks again for joining us uh joining us again and uh obviously we'll have you on a bunch of times throughout the year and, and awesome. yeah we'll yeah we'll see you guys next time thanks guys.